Did you like this? How you doing? Behind that one. I did. <laughs> this was- is a, a late night recording. So uh, to the people out there, if we fall asleep, uh, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for We're real. Old. Apologies ahead of time for this round. It's been a long day. <laughs> a long day. I, uh, I, I, I traveled. She was from. She was, she was on a plane. From a faraway land. Safely. Um, safely. Mm-hmm. Masked up. All the hand sanitizer. And, uh, you know, I survived it. We're, but, we're uh, thankful. We're back and we're ready to party. You know? Always ready to party. My voice just when you're cracked here, a little. You're here. When you're here, <laughs> you party. You guys. <laughs> what? Speaking of parties. We have a new patron. Stop. Stop it. it. Uh, yeah. They just keep coming. And I feel hashtag blessed as the kids say. Yeah. This is the <laughs> lovely Fatima. Fatima. <gasps> yes. Oh, my God. No We've way. shared stories from We've her before, right? two of her stories. Yeah. She's the best. One on the most recent Ghoul Talk about Columbine High. And another in an earlier episode, I think it was episode 40, about New Orleans. She had shared the photo um, that was at Muriel's, the spooky photo of the man. Yes. So that one is unforgettable. But welcome, Fatima. Fatima. Oh, welcome. You're on my shoulder. <gasps> I know. <gasps> Ooh. I know. Sensual. That's tight. It is. I like to, you know, ooh, I like to do dance moves with my shoulders mostly. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's Fatima, 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 like that. Yeah, and you you have elegant shoulders, so oh, I think that you do. That was really nice. Just, Thank you. Wow. Well, we if are you blessed. Were to look up, we love Fatima. Oops, sorry. Oh, oh. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. My Wi-Fi is laggy, so I start talking and it doesn't come through 20 minutes, you know, until 20 minutes later. But I was going to say, if you look up. Elegance in the dictionary, you'll see a picture of Emily's. Oh my gosh. You guys, I'm going to sleep so well tonight. (laughs) All the compliments are going to weigh her head down and it's going to rest so nicely on the pillow. For (laughs) real. This is beautiful. Uh, Another bit of exciting news we have some new acrylic pins, lapel pins. Oh, really cute. So they'll be posted on the web shop soon. You're going to want them. Pretty cute. Pretty cute. But uh, I I think people are going to love them. And uh, soon enough, I will send them to my fellow ghouls, too. And uh, you guys are going to be rocking them. And everyone's going to be rocking them. And they are limited run. So uh, get them while they're freaking hot because there aren't that many. Literally going to wear it all the time. I'm going to pierce the other side of my nose with it, I think. Oh, dude, tight. Yeah, so it's going to be a a look. It's pretty, it's, you know, it's a substantial size. So, you know, try new things. Get on that train, y'all. Because, you know, you know, it's going to be the new 2021. Yes, it is. (laughs) Hell, yes, it is. All right, girls, let's get into it because uh, we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa, Kylie, Emily, and it's time to get spooky. Ooh. Ooh. 
this week we're talking about the hauntings of Wyoming. Gorgeous, beautiful, I love that vast place. lands as far as the eye can see. Yeah. Yes, yes. I'll kick it off. Who is this? Uh, who is my new character that I I'll just kick become? it off? I don't oh, know, but I like kick it. Kick it off. Me too. Uh, this one. Okay, so. I was researching haunted places in Wyoming and you know what? A lot of times a photo draws me in. And with this one, it was a photo of this location because it's gorgina, gorgeous. Uh, mm. All right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. This is the Ferris mansion bed and breakfast in Rollins, Wyoming, which is just West of Cheyenne. So there you have it. <laughs> it's actually considered one of the most architecturally significant buildings in Wyoming, a.k.a. the Cowboy State. And Mm. it was built between 1899 and 1903. So they were working on it for a minute. It's a grand home. Gorgeous, gorgeous. It is in the Queen Anne style. So just picture it. It kind of looks like a mini castle, you know? Nice, beautiful, picturesque. To die for, literally. Because, uh... Some spooky (laughs) shit has gone down. So, sadly, the guy who was having it built, George Ferris, he didn't live to see its completion, which is just sad. He sank all this money into the place, never even got to see it. So, he owned a copper mine and actually had an accident there in 1900 where he was killed by being thrown from a runaway carriage. Oh, what? Which sounds like a pretty horrible way to go, if you ask me. Just yeah. being tossed off the carriage and, you know, ugh. betrayed that by your own mobile. Most, yes, betrayed <laughs> by your own mobile, your own horses. Yeah. Wow. What did he do to deserve this? Nothing. But um, that's the most widely known story of his passing. But some say it was actually a mystery. There is even speculation that some envious business rivals or even employees may have killed him and made it look like an accident. Mm. So we may never know the truth unless, uh, you know, George himself comes back from the dead and tells us. But there are a few a few tales about how he may have died, all of which are sad. So Mm. what are you going to do? So while working on the mansion, what are you going to do? While working on this place, it's also said that two construction workers fell to their deaths in the home. So they were atop the home staircase, and there was this opening in the floor down below that actually led to the basement because the room below wasn't finished either. So they just fell through the floor 80 feet, and they both died. Oof. Yes. So continuing the family's personal tragedy, the Ferris's youngest son, Cecil, passed away in the home. He was actually killed by his older brother. They were playing chase and the brother was chasing him with a real gun that went off unexpectedly and shot Cecil in the head. Oh, no. Yes. And he just bled out and there was nothing that they could do because it all happened so fast and he was just a little kid so yeah that's rough yeah pretty tragic but uh george's widow julia lived in the home with the kids until her death in 1931 
So after that, the building was converted into apartments in the 1940s. And those living there reported paranormal activity even back then. So people would move in and try to occupy these apartments, but they never stayed for long because there was a lot of strange poltergeist activity Mm. as well as full-bodied apparitions. And people were terrified, naturally so. Shit's moving around your house. Like, not okay. You're not going to stay. I put stuff in places for a reason. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, I did not ask for this mm-hmm. to be rearranged. Thank you. So, fast forward, 1978. This lovely couple, David and Janice, lovers, love them. Uh, they purchased the home and they began extensive renovation. And then in eight, 1986, they received the first bed and breakfast license ever issued by the state of Wyoming. Can you believe? So when it became a bed and breakfast, the reports of the paranormal did not stop. And it actually became part of the B&B's appeal to guests and ghost hunters alike. So people were like, it's haunted. I'm coming. Same. Unlike the the people who tried to live there when it was apartments, they were like, it's haunted. I'm leaving. Mm. True. No. Now they're staying. So it's a pretty typical haunting. You know, when you look at the reports, there's lots of sounds of footsteps, especially on the main staircase. The family who lives there now says that they will hear someone coming up the stairs. They go to check and see who it is. Nobody's there. Uh, People will hear whispers. There are a lot of electrical malfunctions. So a lot of lights flickering, turning off unexpectedly. And then there's those previously mentioned apparitions that people have been seeing way back since the 40s. So most often people see an apparition of a woman and the apparitions of two young boys. The current owners have also claimed that they feel like they're being watched in the basement. My guess is it's probably those two men who fell to their deaths from the top floor. But, you know, that's just my guess. So staff, visitors, the homeowners, everyone believe that the boy spirit, one of the boy spirits is Cecil Ferris, the little boy who was shot and killed in the home, and that the female might be Julia Ferris, his mother, who some have actually seen weeping alone in what was once George and Julia's bedroom. So, I mean, it it would make sense that she... She's trapped there. You know, she feels like she couldn't help her son because really, what could she do? He was shot in the head. Mm-hmm. Maybe she feels a little bit, like, responsible because there was a gun around and the kids got a hold of it. But, you know, she's got to move on, and we hope she does. Uh, it's also said that this same female ghost has been seen doing some household chores, like prepping <gasps> in the kitchen or tidying up around the house. Very so, polite. you know, she's making the most of the afterlife. She's still getting shit done. And I appreciate that about her. Uh, people say that the former maid's quarters are also a pretty spooky spot. So much so that the current owners will not book this room for guests because everyone who has stayed there feels like they have been watched and that they just feel really uneasy the second they walk in. So they have shut the shit down and don't even let people stay in there. 
So as for some more modern day hauntings, the current owner, she actually inherited the B&B from her parents. And she says that she thinks that they are also haunting the home because they adored it so much in life and they didn't want to leave, which, you know, okay, respect. Uh, Many paranormal investigators have visited the mansion including the Paranormal Hunting and Observation Group of Wyoming. They've actually investigated it two times and captured some pretty compelling photos of orbs and even apparitions, which they've shared on their Facebook page. So you can just search the Paranormal Hunting and Observation Group. That's how I found them on Facebook. And I searched uh, Fair's Mansion and I found it in a quick sec. And I also watched this video from Ghost Girl Diaries on YouTube, and she got some compelling evidence. I'm not going to spoil it, but I think you all should watch it because, you know, shit's popping off. Mm-hmm, the B&B mm-hmm. is currently closed, but it is for sale. We can purchase the eight-bedroom, six-bathroom, 7,999-square-foot home for the low low price of $895,000 let's do it I think it's a deal because we're gonna make money off of it okay yeah this is a business investment uh (laughs) and get this most of the spooky old furniture (laughs) is included in the sale so Emily cannot take a seat on any of it but she can rake in the cash that we're going to be making from this investment property um, I'll bring my sleeper. That we're going to get haunted in. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of the furniture is haunted. I don't know. Maybe it just smells like old stuff. I won't know until I buy this place. Anyway, uh, I think we should all buy it. Everyone should chip in. And uh, we and all the listeners will own it. Oh, Anybody in? Perfect. Brilliant. That's a brilliant, brilliant. idea. Brilliant. But there you have it. The Ferris Mansion Bed and Breakfast in Rollins, Wyoming. Fucking spooky. Wow. Maybe ghost kids. What a place. What a place. Honestly, it's just the outside of it is so charming. It looks so cute with all of the, you know, antique furniture. I say I love it. Sold. Sold. Sold to all me right. for 895K. <laughs> well, you know. I got one for y'all. Let's All right. hear it. I love Wyoming. Like, love <gasps> it. I don't know if Do you, you guys knew this. Yeah. I didn't know this. There's just something about it, you know? But Jackson Hole is one of my favorite places. Jackson Hole, <sighs> Wyoming. The Grand well, Tetons. Yeah. Can't get better than that. No, no. There's a place in Jackson Hole, you guys, called the Wart hotel and it's got some spooky tales yeah wart did you say wart <laughs> w-o-r-t <laughs> yes i remember when i first stayed there i was 16 and i was like this place is again gorgina like it yeah. is mm-hmm. just spectacularly beautiful built in the 1940s i was like dad this is the ticket to heaven thank you so much (gasps) i'll definitely share a picture of me lounging on my bed in the hotel room that i got to stay in maybe we could post it we'll absolutely (laughs) post it 
People, the people love photos. Something I notice anytime I say, hey, we'll post a photo. Yeah. The next day, people are like, where's the photo? And I'm like, <gasps> let me, let me breathe, man. Okay. I'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, really, I appreciate how much everyone wants to see the photos. Their genuine interest warms my heart and I will get the photos out there. Yes, that's beautiful. Okay, well, I'll get that photo to Alyssa to get it to you guys. But yes, there was teddy bears on the beds. They had <gasps> teddy bears, which oh, I loved. I love teddy bears. I loved that. That's all spooky. And I remember feeling spooked, okay? Like, I remember feeling like this place is kind of creepy. And I somewhat remember what I'm about to tell you guys. So that's oh. crazy. But right, okay, let's go, let's go back in time. To eighteen ninety-three, Mr. Charles Wart left Nebraska, mm-hmm. came to Jackson Hole. He was like, This is the town. This is where I'm gonna make it happen, right? So he purchased four lots in the heart of the town, twenty-five dollars each. Dang. I know, what a steal, what a deal. He dreamed big. He did. And he was like, This is where I'm gonna make my wart hotel you know (laughs) so you know he he started building it took a long time right because he he had to create something out of nothing ended up that it wasn't until he passed that his two sons really got that lodge built and put together so people could come and stay but they did it which is like amazing and I think Charles Wart was looking down like yes $25, $25, a hundred bucks. And look what my son's did, you know, you know, proud dad, proud right. dad. So from 1932 to 1940, it was operated as the single mountain lodge in Grand Teton National Park. And through this, it, um, it pretty much just, took off, right? And by the 1950s, the the famous Silver Dollar Bar was designed and built inside the hotel, which brought even more patrons to be like, hell yeah, popping off. They're like, heck, yes. heck yes. I love a bar. Like, Let's get drunk. Let's get drunk. But then they, they brought in gambling too, which was illegal, <gasps> but they were like, whatever. It's the 40s. It's the 50s. Okay. <laughs> Nobody has to know. You know, (laughs) so it was like a hot, hot spot back then. Tragically, in the 1980s, the place went up in flames. No. Yeah. Yeah. All the good ones burn. All the good ones burn. Honestly, famous last words. (laughs) (laughs) But listen, the owner at the time was like, we're coming back. Like, there's no way this is keeping us down. Hell and no. they rebuilt that. And by 1985, it was on to its next occupants. Yes. In 2001, the Ward Hotel was placed on the National Register of Historic Places, y'all. I love that register. Do you? <laughs> it's great. Yep. Because all the good ones are on there. It's true. Um, by 2008, which I'm pretty sure I stayed there in 2008. So that's pretty cool. It was, it 
got the four diamond triple A rating, which I don't know what that means, oh, but it my. sounds it sounds special. exquisite. It sounds beautiful. So yeah, and in 2013, it was named best small historic hotel in U.S. Okay, I know. So like, honestly, y'all, everybody should go. But beyond that, there's ghosts. So well, like, that, yeah. Now you really gotta go. And one of the top top dogs we got here is Mr. Bob Tomingas. Okay, Bob. Bob Tomingas. He's a friendly ghost, a former engineer of the hotel, y'all. But he likes to play tricks on his predecessors. Mm. You know, because he was like, I was top dog. You know? I know what's up. You guys are silly, but like, I'm going to play games. And be kind. I'll fix it later, you know? So Robert Bob Tomingas, he took the job at the Wart Hotel as the maintenance engineer in 1950, and apparently Bob was a mechanical genius. <laughs> yeah, over his uh, over his time at the hotel, he rebuilt the hotel's heating, water, and electrical systems. Damn! And this, this all about Convenient. Bob is directly on the Wart Hotel's website. So like they regard him. As a special ghost. Because Bob fixes things. Mm-hmm. It's like Bob the Builder. I was just going to say. <laughs> can we fix it? <laughs> yes, we can. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Wasn't that what Bob said? Yeah. Dude, Bob during winter <laughs> nights in the 1950s, when temperatures would drop below zero, he would arrive in the middle of the night to nurse the maintenance system. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh, he, what? he was committed. He was committed. He would fall asleep on a blanket next to the boiler. They'd come in Hot. the morning and they'd be like, Bob, dude, thank you. You know? Bob, you good? You good, Bob? <laughs> oh, Bob. So Bob literally just spent his years repairing and maintaining the equipment around this place. And he was constantly just, you know, fixing every little... He, like, one time knew exactly where a pipe was broken in the wall. He, he like, banged down the wall and, like, found the pipe that was broken. Which, like, what, Bob? Crazy. Like, you really knew mechanics. So he now did. he sticks around and he moves pipes around. And he's <gasps> like, well, you know, he's he's... I think he's testing people. He's like, you need to be top dogs if you're going to work at the Ward Hotel, man. Yeah. And he's like, look, I'm going to make sure you guys know like I know. So he's Mm -hmm. tricky. So they got to keep it. They got to keep it tight. Keep it right. But they do. And they regard Bob as one of their friendliest ghosts and a true valuable member of the team. Wow. Uh, Yeah. Mad tricky, Mad tricky Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but y'all, this is the crazy one. So it's there's a legend that in the 1960s there were two kids murdered by a family member in the Wart Hotel, <laughs> and now they're heard in the halls today. And I'm not lying to you. I remember hearing children a lot 
when I stayed there at the hotel. Yikes. So it's apparently you hear them a lot in the hallways. They're laughing up and down playing. And when people like look out to see, it's just children by themselves. So they'll call the hotel manager and be like, hey, like come get these kids. And then they're like, go to try to find them. And there's no kids and no kids are staying there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I remember y'all, I remember hearing children. I mean, who knows? It might have just been the kids, you know, in room 209 <laughs> on a family trip from Florida. Or it could have been <laughs> the murdered souls. Oh, my gosh. I know. Maybe maybe it was a hybrid. Maybe it was a little combo of the two. Of the two. Yeah. Could have been two maybe I think- the real kids were playing with the ghost kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's not, see, the thing is, it's not a very, like, kid hotel. Yeah. You know? Because it's, it doesn't, it's not like it's got a lot of amenities for children. For children. It's more mm-hmm. of, like, a yeah. luxury It's not kid-friendly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where it's, it's strange, you know? And but I don't remember ghosts. seeing a lot of people actually staying there when I stayed there. Huh. So... Ghosts. Ghosts. The Ward Hotel. That's the only explanation is the ghost. It's a ghost. It's always a ghost. It's not, yeah, it's, there's no, it could be nothing else. Damn. So we got Bobby and we got Bob and we got some kids. You got Bob and you got kids. Bob, he might turn your water, you know, your water heater off. You can't blame him because he's, he's checking on Chad, who was hired a month ago. He said mm-hmm. he could fix mm-hmm. it. But we got to make sure. <laughs> I, w- I wish I could find an employee like Bob who, you know, is that committed that even in even after death, you know, he's he's like, still well, doing I the work. Guys. And I don't even have to pay him, you know. Yeah. Valuable team just, member. Just some free labor in the afterlife. Huh. Yeah. It was All his right. passion. <laughs> yeah. You know what? <laughs> he if could- you love what you do. You're never going to work a day in the afterlife. That's what they say. <laughs> they do say that. I've heard that. I have heard that. I've seen it on t-shirts, too. Yep. yep. I've seen that on so. t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. We should make a shirt like that. <laughs> if you love what you do, you never have to work a day in the afterlife. And then, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. bye, Bob. Bye, yeah. Bob. From Bob. A little picture of Bob the Builder's, like, face on a ghost body. Yeah. I think it might be <laughs> subtle, but... You know, we'll get the point across. Understated, but spooky. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Same. Same. So many great ideas. Right? So I've got a short but sweet one, which might be good since my Wi-Fi is laggy anyway. Mm. Um, but again, we're just going close by to Heart Mountain Relocation Center in Park County, Wyoming. And... This was one of the camps built to basically confine Japanese Americans during uh, World War II. Okay. Yeah, one of the internment camps. So, quick, quick history here. After the bombing of Pearl Harbor, 1941, the U.S. government, a.k.a. Roosevelt, uh, <laughs> signed two executive orders that forced more than 100,000 Japanese Americans to... relocate and live in these internment camps um, because they were scared that the Japanese Americans would be in support of Japan during the war. So completely 
irrational and horrific, but <sighs> thanks, Roosevelt. So one of these camps was Wyoming's Heart Mountain Relocation Center, uh, which housed Japanese Americans from Washington and California. And the center had almost 14,000 people pass through. So yeah, not all at once, but um, over the three years that it was operating, 14,000 people. Um, and I think there were 100-something deaths total, um, which you can say, oh, that's a small percentage, but... That's 100 too many, I'm, if you ask I'm me. sure that there's... Uh, many of those deaths didn't need to happen. <laughs> and not at an internment camp. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so the center did close in uh, 1945, and out of the 10 relocation centers, which is wild that there were actually 10, um, Heart Mountain remains the most intact. Mm. Uh, so there's this giant smokestack at the center, um, and it's basically like the iconic landmark of the center. Um, the smokestack was used to heat the hospital uh, using steam, so maybe Bob was there uh, mm. during the winter. And you can see it from, like, miles away because surrounding the center is just all flat. Um, and then in the distance, you do see actual Heart Mountain. But it's it's pretty barren and depressing. So the Japanese-Americans, they were forced to leave their homes, their, their pets, their no. jobs. I know. Their schools. Uh, and they had to live in these barracks. And each person could only bring what they could carry from their from their homes. Uh, they were given, like, a cot as a bed and, like, two blankets. And, like, during Wyoming winters, like, that, I doubt that that was enough. Um, But as I mentioned, there was a hospital. uh, There were churches. There was a fire station and a movie theater. Um, You know, it was meant to be, you know, habitable and, like, pleasant. But, Mm. I mean, it's, it's still basically a prison. You know, people had to like past gates that were manned by armed guards if they wanted to leave. And that was only if they were granted like a pass to go into the city, which was um, Cody, the name of the city. Uh, so some of them could leave and work in the fields nearby. And I think they made only like $19 a month, which is ridiculous. And uh, the rest worked at the relocation center, like basically slaves, right? Like what is, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were initially promised like good meals, three meals a day, but they were mostly fed rice and stewed tomatoes, which doesn't sound very flavorful. Um, so there is this, there are these two lovely ladies and they created the Wyoming Area Spirit Posse or the acronym WASP. Uh, and they're great. I watched two of their YouTube videos earlier <laughs> and they visited the Heart Mountain relocation camp and they explored the barracks and they got some EVP readings and they also uh, recorded some disembodied voices. Now, from what I heard in the video, um, the voices were one of them interrupted one of the girls while she was talking and they replay it in one of the YouTube videos. You can find their videos. Just go to YouTube and type in. Wyoming area spirit posse. Um, And then another time, I think they heard, one of the girls heard somebody say, I'm not afraid. But then mysteriously that footage was lost or like deleted or something wild. So 
That's odd to me. But now, now let's talk about the ghosts. Am I right, folks? <laughs> Am I right, Bob? Yeah. So there's, there's said to be a friendly spirit who regu- regularly uh, makes an appearance during the daytime. So he's a day ghost. Um, actually, I don't know his. I don't know their pronoun. Um, <laughs> but visit guiding visitors. I guess he basically. Oh my god. I guess they guide the visitors around the building. You could you could say that that's like a little folk tale that there's like a tour guide ghost. There were, or there was another group of investigators who measured areas of the camp um, near the hospital where it's basically like deteriorating and there's like rotting wood um, along with the school and also the barracks. And they scanned everything for paranormal activity and the meters registered readings over 85, which is like, there are some ghosts here. There's some activity. Some visitors who have gone at night, which um, I don't know if you would need to sneak on to do that or what. If, if anyone knows, let me know. Uh, but they have reported hearing footsteps and whispers. And again, they're the only ones here. Um, and some have also said that they have had the uneasy feeling of being watched. So I don't think I mentioned this before, but right now it's basically like a museum and they're just like, plaques around that describe what had happened and um it it kind of acts as like a memorial but so I but I don't imagine there are cameras watching people like there's there's like not much not many opportunities for crime here (laughs) so I can understand the feeling of being watched if like there's a security system but I highly highly doubt that there is so people feel like they're being watched um Others have said that they have seen things or apparitions hiding in shadows, like in the corners of different rooms and near the barracks um, and over near the smokestack. And so much so that it's like almost known that there are shadow people at the at the center. So if you're looking for shadow people, <laughs> come here. Uh, people have also reported feeling cold spots and unexplained noises in the buildings. And this has been going on, like, for decades. Um, one small spooky story that relates to this. So when, the, when World War II, you know, ended, 1945, the, a group of Japanese-American men left the, the camp on the way to... Um, basically like on a trip to the mountains and he went off to like paint a watercolor and he got caught in a freak summer snowstorm. And unfortunately he died and a hiker found Gichi Matsumura. That's his name, his body weeks later. uh, And they basically, he just like laid him to rest in a spot that was marked by like a small stack of granite. um, Because I don't think anyone knew of his extended family and whatnot. It was just kind of like, one of those situations. And over the years, this the story of him kind of got lost. Um, but there were some ghost stories about him and whatnot. And then, or rather now, uh, 75 years later, his remains, uh, they think, have been found. So um, a sheriff is 
said to AP or the Associated Press that they're investigating the possibility that the skeleton discovered is in fact Matsumara's. Um, and what's not really cute, but interesting is that um, he will have the rare distinction of having been lost and found twice. Uh, and it's, it's just interesting to think that, you know, perhaps there's a ghost out in the mountains from someone who was at the center long, long ago. Mm-hmm. That's all I have for your folks. Wow. You're like that? I'm asleep. I, I'm asleep. <laughs> it's a somber tale. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. But, you know, a spooky one at the same time. Yeah. Definitely a haunting tale, a somber tale. Not so much exhilarating or thrilling, but they're not always like that, you know? No, you know, sometimes there is some tragedy. And, yeah. um, you know, it leads to a haunting. That's us. That's what we've learned here as the Golden Ghouls. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Wyoming. You guys, Wyoming. Wyoming. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's a spot for sure. I've never been, but uh, they the people say it's beautiful, and Emily agrees. So, yeah, I trust her. You shall go. I I shall. Um, to the people out there, send us your stories at the Golden Ghouls Podcast at gmail dot com. Yes, and uh, or you can become a, a patron and see some fun stuff at patreon dot com slash the Golden Ghouls, and uh, you know, rate, review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. If you rate us on wherever you listen, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as they like to call it, Spotify, Stitcher, send us a screenshot of your review and we'll send you a little sticker, you know? Yes, because we love it. And uh, yeah, that's all we have for you kids this week, huh? Anything else we want to add? We love you guys. Yeah, and, uh, have, a, yeah. have a good week. <laughs> have a great week. Right. And until next time. Stay spooky. Yeah. Yeah.